0: This is Channel 253.
1: In this episode of Interchangeable White Ladies.
0: Leave the idea that, like, you cannot take five minutes to go look at what teachers in Taiwan are doing around X issue that you're having in the classroom or in your school. Leave that. And I think in the U.S. in particular, um, we are, you know, we like to think that we know everything about everything and everybody and to tell what people to do. And so just just leave that.
1: Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. One, two, two, interchangeable. White ladies. One, two, two, interchangeable. White ladies.
0: Interchangeable. Interchangeable. White ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White
2: Ladies podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Megan. So for our essential question today, we have: What did you love from the 2020-2021 mm. school year? You're going to keep doing this next year.
0: And what are you happy to leave behind? Mm. So what you're telling me, Megan, is that today's episode is a love it or leave it episode.
2: Full HGTV, White Woman, Joy and Dreams. Yes. Let's go. And I,
0: I guess I have to admit, I don't think I've ever actually watched the show. It's not one of their best. It's I don't <laughs> love it. Oh, um, you would leave it behind. I would leave Change it behind. Change the channel for sure. But um boom. (laughs) That's the one thing we don't have is like a (laughs) (laughs) a (laughs) Like a drum kit So we wanted to do this as our second Back to school episode and so thank you For those who contributed to our last episode If you have not had a chance to go listen to it Please go listen to it Uh, In that episode it was more of a mailbag episode So we shared some concerns that our listeners are bringing up About the upcoming school year And then we tried to like talk about them And kind of share and air some of those concerns That we had as well that align with our listeners Today we're going to talk more It's going to be more focused um, on educators And particularly those that are headed back to schools um, in a love it and leave it episode. So, in other words, our framing is: What did you love last year? Like, what in the in the dumpster fire Mm -hmm. of twenty twenty dumpster fire of the year school year. What are some things that you loved? And so, listeners sent in a variety of things that they are definitely taking with them into this upcoming school year. And then, of course, what are we leaving behind? Like, no, that did not. Mm, I'm done with that. I'm not doing that from last year. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe even like a leave it of like this was in that pre-pandemic teaching, and mm-hmm. it should have. We shouldn't have been doing it pre-pandemic, and we definitely should not be doing it yes. now post-pandemic. Yes. Um, and as we've talked about in our previous episode, weren't we neither Megan and I believe that we are post-pandemic. We're still kind of in the in the maybe on the tail ends I think like the we're in the transition time period whatever isn't there like a term in history about like transition periods no
2: I mean I'm sure there is but just putting me on the spot throwing me under the bus (laughs) to come up with that word on my own
0: I'm sure there is listeners can just tell us about that later I
2: know of a hilarious analogy that some a woman gave about like um, comparing it that I won't I realize I'm not gonna say on the podcast.
0: Oh, okay, great. <laughs> good self-editing self there, Megan. That was a self-edit nice in nice the word. moment
2: where I'm like, I'm mm, going to stop like my— In but a if, You know, there's a really good analogy floating out around there that is co- comparing where we're at in this pandemic um, that a woman gave, and it was spot on. So, great. That you was know, awesome. Fill fill in that blank in your own mind. Accidentally general. Um, so
0: <laughs> with that said, Megan, what is something that you— let's start with you personally. What did you love? What do you love in it? What are you keeping with you? Ooh, I think <clears throat> that's a really great question. I absolutely
2: loved using Nearpod in my mm, lessons. Okay. Just I, I think that we the caveat is we say that last year was a dumpster fire. And I think we say that in jest, but also seriously. And I think in the last episode, we especially talked about all the changes that teachers had to navigate and really like shifting how they were teaching. But. It wasn't a dumpster fire for every student and for everybody. And I think we have to validate that and acknowledge that, that for some students, there was a lot of positive growth Mm -hmm. that happened by stepping away from being in a school building with 1500 other students Mm -hmm. and the stressors of that. And um, we talk about how going back to in-person was, you know, the, the, Physical safety of students, but also there's a lot of um, social and emotional safety at risk when you put a kid, some kids in a building with a lot of other students. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is the caveat that I want to make and say that we joke about it being a dumpster fire, but also acknowledge that it wasn't for everybody. And mm-hmm. that's Valid as well.
0: Yeah, and I think um, that's partly why we're doing our love it or leave it, right? Is like, what did we love? What are we going to yeah. keep doing?
2: And I think that more than ever, I heard individual voices um, from students in regards to my curriculum and content because of Nearpod, right? That it allowed me to, in real time, get mm-hmm. input from students about the content that I was teaching without them having to speak in front of all of their classmates.
0: Mm-hmm
2: that it's like that's a lot of that's really risky and mm-hmm. not a lot of students feel comfortable doing that. but I could have a pulse on where far more of my students were mm-hmm. at in their understanding. And then also I could easily integrate really like light-hearted things into the lesson that I never would have done in person mm-hmm. and, and sure that happens in different ways in person, right like the energy of a classroom is just unmatched. I love it. but in the efforts to try and recreate that Nearpod really allowed me to that I did, you know, um, would you rathers with them to start every oh, single fun. class yeah. and then it was a poll in Nearpod and then we would get to like I would give us a couple minutes and they would just get to defend their answers with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was really funny. And then they started sending me um, would you rathers that they wanted me to use in lessons and so like I would get emails of like you should do this one Miss Holyoke and some were absolutely not going <laughs> to happen but it was a way to engage with them in in different ways. I really loved it. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I My love it, I think, would be just the way that I was able to use um, digital media in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I created some digital notebooks. The way I looked at handouts were different. Um, the whole converting a pdf to a google doc for collaboration omg for creating like your handbooks because you can't don't have access to a particular text y'all there, there's some tricks out there if you don't know Put them message me because i would help you with that and make it's that public fantastic um the other piece that i absolutely loved is just the way that um myself and uh, some of my team came up with just different types of differentiation and access point for learning mm-hmm. so that's something if you've talked to me for any more than one minute you know that i care deeply about students being able to to access content and then explain their thinking in a in a particular in a way that makes sense for them. And so I learned a ton of tools around that and I absolutely loved those tools. I'm keeping the the formatting of those handouts. I'm keeping some of those strategies that I used last year. They are not going anywhere, and I'm super excited to push myself further because I actually get to loop up with one of my classes, and so I can't just, you know, use old tools. I got to, like, take it to the next level, so definitely loving that. Because they'll call you on it. Teenagers are brutal. Ain't that the truth. All right. Give us a leave it. (laughs) Megan, what happened? What is something from last year or even pre-pandemic teaching that you're like, leave that?
2: Um, I know it's a a pipe dream, but
0: testing. Man... (laughs) Wait, are you just talking about, like, testing possible. your content? You're talking about... No, like, smarter balance. Standardized testing. <laughs> Let's be testing. clear here. Kind of I'm going to be very, very clear. Not COVID testing. Standardized <laughs> yeah, I was testing. Like, are you getting rid of COVID? Someone just takes a soundbite and
2: they're like, Megan Holyoke is against COVID It's against testing. COVID testing. <laughs> if you don't test, it's not there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Go you know, full, that's actually... Going
2: full 45 on this one, that's guys. That's great. Um, yeah. So the only reason other countries had more COVID cases was because they were, or the only reason we had more was because we were testing more, didn't you know?
0: Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> but in all the places where they weren't testing, they didn't have any. There was yeah. no outbreak. You guys. No so outbreak. It was fine. It's fine.
2: Um. So it. standardized testing, to be specific. Um, I know it's not possible, but damn, it was nice to not have to have the spring be consumed. Yeah. By state testing. Um, not having to do that was phenomenal, and it was such a relief for a lot of students.
0: And so, it, for people who don't know what that means, like we joke in teaching, like okay, testing season, y'all, because basically February happens second semester, and you're looking at all kinds of testing. So, what yeah. are some of the tests that happen starting in the spring for a normal school year? SBA, Smarter Balance. Yep, for those people that knew that. Which is related to Common Core, if you know that term. I know. Um, There's also a language test, so for students that are English language learners, um, that there's also a big test related to that. We've got what other tests? Got AP testing that happens in the springtime. But see, that still happened. Uh It was that we've also got um, all the science. Like there's in Washington State, there's like a huge push for science testing the last number of years. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and and so there's also I did all those tests. Yeah, I would just I would love to move away from. Those I would love to. I think SBA not doing SBA testing was um, the biggest thing that didn't happen last year, and that is a beast to tackle. Um, and then also the SATs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Can't um, forget that. And PSATs. SATs, the PSATs, the ACTs. Those weren't required, and and I think the it, all the stress for students obviously is a huge thing, but I don't think that people realize how much it interrupts. The teaching flow, right? Why, the, Megan? Though,
0: explain it. Why does it? Well, interrupt because you? It takes doesn't. It make your life weeks. easier. They're testing, no. so you don't really have to do any planning, and I, you could just get caught up on your grading. I
2: could say this till I'm. Can't blue you just in go for a walk? I could say this till I'm blue in the face. First of all, no, you're proctoring the tests as a teacher, but I enjoy teaching my content. Mm. I enjoy teaching my students. I enjoy creating lessons that they'll enjoy and love to come in and do. And maybe love is a strong word for some (laughs) students. But I really – it's exciting. And to have – Weeks and we're talking literal weeks. That's the thing, y'all.
0: It's not just like a couple of days. When we say testing season, it's because it's impacting all these tests and they have to be staggered in such a way that, you know, it's less interruption. So you go through one test for several weeks and then you do another test for several, several weeks, weeks and then a different test. And exactly. And it not is- all tests are producing. I think the other, I'm actually not against testing in general because mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said about. You know, try as a benchmark of where students are at at a given time, um, but I and we know that part of part of standardized testing helps yes. in some ways to 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 showcase which students are being left behind or which students are um, not being served in, or well, underserved, right? Yeah. Underserved, absolutely. So that said, though, six months <laughs> it's not six months in exaggeration. February, March, April, May yeah, really four months of testing is really disruptive. And if you think about things like I want to check out a laptop so my kids can work on a project, a research project that's part of our content. But I can't because those laptops are being used for testing. Yes. So that's a practical piece I think or, some people maybe f- kind of forget.
2: Or that certain students are being pulled for certain testing. Yes. And so they're missing your lessons. But it's not all of your students that are missing your lessons. So then you're stuck with certain students having to catch up because they missed certain things. And um, it, it's it's very frustrating. And we've talked a lot about like not going back to normal and there's I, I just believe deeply that there's a bet there's gotta be a better way of creating benchmarks of where our students are at mm-hmm. than what currently happens.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um one of the one of our listeners, evette Santos Cuenco, she is a school counselor. Um and actually, just got promoted. Shout out. Good job, it. Uh, she talked about at their school that there was an emphasis this last year. And one of the things that she loved was focus on wellness surveys. And that was students being surveyed about how they're doing mentally, emotionally, physically. And those survey results weren't just thrown in the trash, but were used to inform what was happening in That's the school. Awesome. And I will say my school did something similar as well. We we um, surveyed our students at each grade level. And then we the data got sent out and shared with the staff. Um, and so we could See how are grade nines feeling about everything from lessons to um, the stress of their homework that they were given or whatever it was be whatever happened to be in that particular moment, yeah. um, and I think one of the things that she's doing at her school that she's loving and is going to keep going is also engaging student leaders to do something with that data as well, not just oh, the that's teachers. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think we saw. Um The social emotional learning that happened and was focused on last year come up several times from a lot of our listeners of something that they loved and want to carry forward. Kat Brasley um, talked about brain breaks that she incorporated into her lessons, being more intentional with um, creating space to check in on students' mental space during the lesson and during the day, just giving an opportunity for students to Stop, pause, acknowledge where their emotional state was and why, and kind of just process that as a a community. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Give me a leave it. What's a leave it you're feeling? Got another leave it? I'll throw one out there if if you – I think back to um, what I've said on other podcast episodes. Leave that email. Leave that staff meeting. Uh, (laughs) One, does it need to be said? no, maybe not, to what format does it need to be set in. You know, we have so much great technology that many of us are better at now. So go ahead and send that really cute Loom. For those of you that know Loom, I've talked about that before on the podcast as well. Um, Or if you're a webinar kind of gal, right, record yourself, (laughs) principal, send it out. You don't need to have that staff meeting, right? You don't need to have that email chain. Let's leave email chains behind. Yes. Leave (laughs) it Let's leave also it. I'm sorry but Microsoft documents. Let's leave the email change uh, chain of the Microsoft document that you're like we need to adapt. Here's a schedule. Y'all, I'm a convert to Google Docs. The power of a Google Docs I've seen happen at my school in the last 2 years where like you can just link to things and you can update what that is linked to so you don't have to send out a million messages saying like here's an updated version. It's already updated. People just click on it in a new time mm-hmm. and it's it's brilliant. So
2: um I also want to say, though, because in the last episode we talked about needing to cultivate school, like staff community, Mm. maybe not like no staff meetings, but maybe think about how can you use that time differently? Maybe it shouldn't be a regurgitation of information that could have been read or announced to staff in a different way. Maybe you use that time to build staff community. I don't know. That seems like common sense. Mm. Um, But who knows? Maybe we can reimagine what. Those maybe the frequency of staff meetings less, Mm -hmm. but also what are you doing in those staff meetings so that um, teachers can look each other in the eyeballs and be like, oh, my God, other adult humans exist in Mm -hmm. this building, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which is powerful, you know, in Mm -hmm. a different way for teachers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes, for sure. Not not speaking from experience or anything. I think one of the love-its that has come out is the idea of prioritizing and reprioritizing. So last year forced a lot of people to figure out what they valued the most in their instruction, what they valued the most in their school communities and in their neighborhoods and even in their families, right, as we argued about COVID or January 6th or whatever happened. Um, Just my family? (laughs) No? Just just you? Um, And so loving (laughs) the fact that we're having these conversations, but also we're reprioritizing. And I think we— We can continue to do that. That's a great thing to continue to do and to make sure that you're on the same page about. Absolutely.
2: Um, Another leave it came from Natalie Rezka, and she said she just wants to – it really goes along with our theme that we've been saying in the last two episodes is – um leave behind people that are actively pushing against change mm. she said, get on or get out. We are riding this wave of change to reformed education. And so, you know, if you identify as one of those people that she's saying, get out and leave behind, I <laughs> don't know, maybe you have some reflecting to do. Um, but I, I agree. What do you think about that, Hope?
0: Yeah, I think we cannot. This goes back to the notion of like we are we're in a transition year. And I think we need to approach it with just this idea that change is inevitable. And so what can – what's the most important things that we need to be changing and continuing to move forward? It doesn't have to be fast. Obviously, it's not everything. Um, We like stability, and there's lots of great things happening. So um, keeping that, I I fully agree with that. Yeah. Um, One of the things that popped out, Amy D., who works specifically in special education, talked about one of the love-it things that she learned from this last year was uh, using virtual scheduling in a way Mm. that was more – convenient for parents and students and staff Mm -hmm. in order to facilitate coaching. And so approaching learning, not so much as that vessel piece, but that coaching mentality and how did we use, and for her, she felt like using that online platform in a way that capitalized that and and made for more meaningful conversations. So I just love that. And I thought that was really fantastic.
2: And also for, um, that makes me think parent-teacher conferences, Mm -hmm. having it be virtual actually I think made it more accessible to more parents 100% agree um and I really hope that we we keep that moving forward. I would love to see that continue moving forward as an option.
0: Yeah, I loved having families pop in from multiple places of work. It was like kid at home, parents, uh, grandparents, you know, logging in from an appointment or from work or from wherever it was. It was just way more accessible. Absolutely. Um, And it wasn't, you have to take all this time off to come at this inconvenient time of day. Um, And I I think you really can work around those schedules a little bit more. So I love that. Let's let's keep with that reimagining scheduling, reimagining some of these events that are meaningful events but in a way that's more meaningful absolutely uh, let's do a
2: few more love so another one came from marco manuel and really he focused on the confidence in his teaching um, so he's talked about how having to think about how am i going to deliver this um, lesson that maybe i have given several years in a row but in a new and exciting way and using new media to do that he has a lot more confidence in the content that he is giving and so moving into this next school year he has more confidence if there are changes he'll be able to handle those um his his confidence in being able to deliver that content is much higher um so definitely something he wants to move forward and then also kind of to his admin it's like Giving the space to do those things, giving, having the space to make those decisions um, and to kind of be with his class and do his thing and enjoy that because of that confidence that he has yeah. now.
0: It sounds like kind of a, a leave it the micromanaging that yes. some schools struggle yeah. with and some schools wrestle with. And I think leave it that micromanaging that teachers struggle with, too. Right. We sometimes <laughs> yes. like I, I I've written about this a bunch. And I actually I just did like a, a speech around this <laughs> for a conference um, that I'll post later. But I I definitely am that constant, like control everything as much as you control. Like so you can you, you can be you can account for equity and justice and different things that matter. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, we can't control this like you can't control when the internet goes out in the middle of your perfectly planned lesson <laughs> that's how it is right you can't it's control that ca- I saw so many cat butts this school year like cat butts dog butts Oof. like just going across the screen screaming siblings like whatever yep. it is what it is so I think you know leave back that control yeah. I actually wrote a joke to myself like we all need to get that serenity prayer printed oh. out and like put up in our, our spaces yes. right like God grant me the serenity God fill in the blank you can yeah. put something else there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. How Ooh. many times we're like, ah, harping on a Brave. thing and you're like, yo, that actually didn't matter. Yeah. What matters is the other thing that I'm yeah. upset about. So I'm going to let that one go. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and work on that. Thing I, had
2: a, I had a rule that you had to show me your pets.
0: <laughs> on I camera. Yeah.
2: Um, one of my, as an aside, one of my favorite stories from this past year was one of my students. When we were full virtual, he was so engaged and cued in, um, in the NearPods, and he slowly began to be more confident in speaking on the mic. And then one day, he was like, he unmuted, and he's like, "I just really have to apologize. My dog is sleeping next to me, and you just heard this," <laughs> <laughs> and his dog. Like your dog needs a CPAP machine Oh my gosh (laughs) The entire time he was sharing His dog was snoring so loudly I forced him to turn his camera on And just like show his dog It was like a French bulldog It was the cutest Living his
0: best life
2: And so then we always heard his French bulldog snoring In the background whenever he would share Moving forward and we would all laugh It
0: was great um, a couple of our listeners popped in that they are thinking about. They are loving some of the things that are happening around student engagement or approaches to engagement. So Angela Paolo um, posted on Facebook for us, seeing students who don't usually participate mm. shine in the chat with their ideas, with incredible and fascinating. I'm keeping having a way to respond to the discussion in an alternative format mm. other than raising your hand. And mm-hmm. I, you're, you're kind of amening over there. I think a lot of us, that resonates. The creative use of the chat feature Feature, but how do we take that if we are in in-person teaching? What are the ways that we ask kids to share, to speak, to have their voices heard that are not just raise my hand and say my thing? And this is where I give my plug for Nearpod
2: again, because I think that Nearpod, if you are a one to one school next year, which I'm hoping that you are after this last year. Um, you can easily use Nearpod as a supplemental tool in the classroom while you are teaching that provides them that same opportunity to give feedback non-verbally. Mm-hmm. So just putting that out there, I think it's a really fantastic tool if you haven't explored it to to really kind of start to incorporate it into your work.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, I'll leave it from listeners. Many of our listeners are tired of Zoom conferences. <laughs> Megan, I mean, a Zoom conference, though, <laughs> don't you You not feeling that? You I be- did you go to one or did you just ignore them all?
2: I can't imagine a better um, use of my time, you <laughs> know, like sitting in front of a computer after teaching for weeks on end in front of a computer and then going to a district PD um, about how to use tech in the classroom after I had been doing it for months. Like it just it was it was delightful. You know, it was useful
0: and <laughs> your facial expressions are amazing. Doug and I are just cracking up over here. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an int- you kind of aren't saying this, but I kind of think it's interesting. The places that actually focus on like creating a conference space in an online setting. I mean, there was some really great stuff put out by Enstoy um, and also ASCD, all of the like. Letter soup, as we say in education, these different organizations who actually created conf- meaningful conferences doing that different mm-hmm. than just like you said, having a PD, some folks who haven't figured out the tech that they're doing that they're teaching you about, and you just want to poke your eye out, y'all. We've I all think been there.
2: As much as I love some of the people that put on this specific topic, PDs, but PDs on like virtual PDs on self care, um, was. That's maybe
0: you're gonna leave that behind. Most, is what I'm hearing you say? Oh,
2: maybe the most infuriating thing that I've ever been through in my life. Over the, maybe not in my life, but it was pretty frustrating. Mm. I wanted to like stab my eye out with a pencil of like, I yeah. They're like self self-care care is <laughs> taking
0: time for yourself <laughs> and like getting some exercise. You're like then beep. Why am I yeah, not? like, I'm, like, why like why am I? This, why am I staring at my like, computer me again? Logging
2: into this PD and you saying. You have the next hour and a half to go do what <laughs> you want to do. Walk,
0: to yeah, exactly. Do something else. That's really funny. Uh, one of our other listeners, Chrissy Calera, brought up um, just simple things. So one of the things she did this last year that she loved was having a simple attendance question every single day. She did that online as well as when taking attendance, and then that transition when they went into in-person instruction for her, her kids loved it. They were responsive, and she just kept that going all year long. Um, another love it was from Christina
2: McDade, and she. Uh, who's a school counselor and the trend to feed students information is old we need to feed them the resources of where to go in order to build self-resilience I couldn't agree more with that
0: Yep. So students have so many tools already. And I think we've equipped them in many ways. And so like, how do we build off that, right? Let them this is a time for that the pandemic is was um, a time for that to happen where they could, you know, learn to rely on themselves. And I think there's less hand holding, or maybe picking the hands that we need to hold, right? Some kids obviously need more. But in other ways, um, but I think that's a really good point. We underestimate the power of independence for a lot of our students.
2: We have Uh, to differentiate. And yeah, I think that this is actually a really great time for us to pause and take a break. And when we come back, we will continue this wonderful conversation about loving it and leaving it.
3: Hello, friends. This is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253, It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma Buyers Agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income-generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties, and I know the players for every niche. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling, and you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit tacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253.
0: Hey, y'all, if you're looking for more love it and leave it ideas, you should really become a channel 253 subscribing member because we have a Slack channel that Mm -hmm. is popping for only you can learn what are the best like taco spots in the city, which ones you should avoid. I mean, you can learn what people are reading, which books are trash you shouldn't waste your time on. There's so much great stuff happening in the channel. Only four dollars a month, only four dollars a month. Get on it, click on that button, become a subscribing member okay Megan what other love its um, have our listeners recommended and things that are work that worked for them last year that they are gonna keep going
2: so another one from Amy Dean is to focus on the essential elements leave the mentality that everything has to happen in a traditional way behind that's a leave it but learning that focusing on the essential elements like focusing on and learning that like learning's gonna happen Um, Giving that information there and not overthinking or overanalyzing the minutiae and kind of thinking outside of the box.
0: Yeah, I've heard other folks kind of approach it as like, we are loving the fact that last year provided an opportunity to get away from the brick and mortar mentality of schooling and education Mm. and learning. And let's go ahead and leave that behind and continue to embrace that kind of new philosophy and the approach and the creative approach to what that means. Yeah.
2: Another kind of building on that was from Natalie Rezka Um, and kind of using tech to expand her students' science world. Uh, She said Skype a scientist this year helped me reimagine how Mm. easy it is to have speakers call in on teams (gasps) to a class of students. I will be more likely to invite virtual guest speakers more often as the world is much more open to online video calls after the pandemic. It creates more access for students to see themselves in careers this way because it's not asking those with limited means to Mm. travel to you to speak. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Just there's so much opportunity with that, and I think that's one thing that I underutilized last Absolutely. year, but I know our science teacher um, at my school was doing something similar mm-hmm. to what Natalie brought up, and I, I think that's one of the things that we all need to try to keep yeah. and learn from each other. Like, how do we actually bring in guest speakers in a way that's not necessarily physical? And it tra- it helps with timing. It helps with all kinds of access to resources.
2: And um, thinking in terms of equity and yes. representation, thinking, being really intentional about who you're asking to come speak mm-hmm. to your classes, right? I know know that Natalie was really intentional about what scientists she was asking to come speak to her students and was really intentional about making sure that they could see themselves in her guests um, in order to open up their eyes of what is possible in, um, in the field that she teaches.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other love it's another love it from um, Mel Brasley, which I absolutely love. <laughs> um, she mentioned that using the Bitmoji scale for checking for understanding and then to check where students were at before moving on to new content worked amazingly. And so yeah. that is a strategy that she loved and she's going to keep taking with her into the new school year.
2: Absolutely. Um, a. am trying to think, read through – I mean, I think that you put this one in the leave it. This is too hard. Do you want to Mm. expand on that one, Hope? Do you want to expand on that? Sure, I'll climb back up on my soapbox.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think not, you know, we've talked about we don't want to be like toxic positivity and nonsense. But I think the reality is – Sometimes we get a barrier in our in our minds, like something is too hard. Mm-hmm. Right. And part of that is do we have the capacity for doing a difficult thing in a, in a particular time. But we're all like we've all the pandemic has impacted everybody. And so I think there's a kind of an equalizing component. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know someone's saying like it's not the same and impacts different communities differently. Yes. But I think there's kind of an equalizing in the sense that we all have gone through a certain type of collective trauma. Now, that manifests in different way, but one of the things I've been really wrestling with this last year is – Um, doing hard things that aren't hard because people are idiots and, and, you know, we got ourselves in a mess, but doing hard things, like, we can do it and we have the ability to make it through and we have that resilience and if I don't have that resilience right now, you might have some resilience that you can lend to me and we can walk across this difficult thing. And I think um, I've just been really convicted about that throughout this last year because it was really freaking hard so many times for Mm -hmm. personal reasons, professional reasons, Um, and I have to remind myself of that, like, we can do hard things. This is hard. Let's all take a breath in, and then let's approach whatever it is that we're working on um, to the best of our ability in yeah. that moment. And I, I shared that with a reflection of my students at the end of the year, and just everybody was, you know, nodding along and, and folks kind of resonating with that. Yeah, it's hard to shift schedules every Absolutely. two weeks. It's hard to figure out, am I turning this in here? Am I managing this thing that's going on with my family? Am I, you know, preparing a lesson? Like, there's just so many moving pieces Um, But I believe in, you know, it's like that hopeful piece, like we can do this.
2: That makes me think when you said maybe I don't have enough resilience right now, but you have some to lend. Something that I heard several teachers at Lincoln mention that they loved was the collaboration that happened this year. That there was a lot of collaboration that took place across um, within departments with teachers right there was more mm-hmm. collaboration than ever before and there was more reliance on each other and i think i even heard it from some really like veteran teachers and i because i think in the sense that everybody experienced this collective trauma of covid it's it was almost an equalizer for teachers as well those that had 20 years you know 15 years of experience they'd never done this before much like me, who I was in my third year of teaching, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's there was kind of a level playing field there where, of course, somebody that was is a veteran teacher had more perspective and mm-hmm. more to give in many ways in terms of like content and how we're going to deliver it and how we can shift. But I think that there was kind of this collective, OK, we're all in this together and we're all kind of experiencing this As one, and there were a lot of tech questions that the newer teachers were able to help support in. And um, yeah, I think that is a a significant thing that I hope continues to happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's unique to Lincoln, Um, I would assume that it wasn't. Um, But I know that that was something as a community was a really positive thing that happened
0: Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that was a love it um, coming out of our school and I heard this from a few other folks too is staff who became an expert in a given tool or strategy teaching others right not be in an official capacity on a given day and they got paid for it whatever I wish they did but Mm -hmm. I think in this kind of informal like we're all in this together and so therefore like yo let me show you how to do this thing Mm -hmm. and I absolutely loved that I learned so much from um, y'all over here in the U.S. I learned that from colleagues in my school where folks were willing to share a particular source and you know how I was working with their students the pitfalls that they had Um, it's funny I was working with a friend who was currently at the time I think Thank you. the weather teaching in the Northwest Jen I'm sorry if I mess this up um, was teaching in the Northwest and she was using Jamboard and so she was using that she taught me how to use Jamboard and then I ended up using it and then I taught my uh, like my department how to use Jamboard and then later there was like a session with a bigger like interdisciplinary yes. several, right and so like one person just being willing to share that piece like I loved it and especially for those of us that we know we thrive on collaboration and we cannot we cannot do this on our own. This is yes. the whole thing. Schooling, meaningful schooling and and schooling that makes a difference cannot be done on its own. Absolutely. We need each other and I, I think these are examples of how we got we got to love it. We got to continue to do those pieces. Yes.
2: Man, my um my covid crew of teachers was amazing. Just being able to lean on each other and um get resources. I mean, I think of Edpuzzle Puzzle was yeah. a huge resource for me. One that's when I started using two springs ago, and it came from when I was li- listening to Nate's podcast. Mm. Um, and because y'all started virtual um,
0: learning, like Re- virtual learning.
2: learning before we did, yeah. and so I remember Nate did a really early preliminary podcast episode about that, and. I gained so many tools. And so it was like wild to me of like, I'm listening to educators that are teaching across the world that is then um, I'm using this tool. And then when I started using this tool, I told all of my friends about the tool, right? And so it's like this collective global community of teachers sharing resources. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that that continues in a more meaningful way moving forward.
0: Yeah, maybe that's part of my um, leave it for today. Um, One of the things I'm thinking leave it is like, leave the idea that you know um, more than anybody else and you have nothing to learn from other places. Like leave that, leave the idea that like you cannot take five minutes to go look at what teachers in Taiwan are doing around X issue that you're having in the classroom or in your school. Leave that. And I think in the U.S. in particular, um, we are, you know, we like to think that we know everything about everything and everybody and to tell what people to do. And so just, just leave that, right? It's okay. Leave that. And then therefore, Four. uh the shift side of that or the other side of that is there are tons of organizations that are putting out great content and resources. Mm. You know, just don't reinvent the wheel. Like, go look. See what other people are doing. And, it, and we'll link to a bunch yeah, of stuff in the show notes like too. There's some really sounds, fantastic it stuff for
2: this sounds like you're transitioning into a segment of do your fudging homework, Hope.
1: Interchangeable. White right,
0: ladies. So my homework is is this yeah go <laughs> my homework <laughs> is this my homework is figure out what it is that you're like maybe what is stressing you out for the fall and that what you're concerned about and then find a resource or look at out Look at what other people are doing with that area. Don't be overwhelmed by it. You can you can do this. You can do hard things, and there are other people to help you with this time and help you with this hard thing. So don't give up. Um, mm-hmm. Reach out to us if you would like to. We're obviously on Twitter, and also Definitely. I think most of you, like a lot of you have our phone number, but just DM us, DM the show or DM us on Twitter, and we're happy to connect you with other things. Like one of my passions, which is like maybe part of my nosiness, but is also like I like to connect people, mm-hmm. and I like to connect people with other people who are doing great things and so if i can't help you i'll i'll outsource it and i'll pass on some other resources i will find somebody to help you yes um
2: and then my homework is i want you to make your own love it and leave it list so after listening to this episode regardless of whether you're an educator or not what do you love that you learned over the last year and a half what do you want to carry with you what do you want to keep doing Um, what lessons did you learn? And then what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to let go of? What have you been carrying because it's just the way that things Mm. have always been Mm -hmm. done? Um, What did you not have to do over the last year and a half that you realized, oh my gosh, what a wonderful relief that was that I didn't have to do that. And you still don't have to do it. And you still don't have to do (laughs) it, right? That there's nothing forcing you to do those things. And so I say make your own list and then honestly make a list with your family. Like it's Mm -hmm. a great time to have a conversation with your family of like what really worked for our family you know what did we love about this time what do we want to leave and let go and what are we excited about moving forward i, I love it hey
0: you don't want to leave it <laughs> thanks for listening once again bye. bye
1: did you know channel 253 is member supported I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you.
0: Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. Oh, whoops, I didn't turn this off. (laughs) There's the outtake. The outtake.
1: The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B Team, We Art Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.